exports of goods and services are GST-free. And, of course, you know that. But to work this out in an actual scenario, you don't actually start with the GST exemption at all. You start with something completely different. You start with the indirect tax zone. The first question always is whether the supply is even connected with the indirect tax zone. And so in this episode, we will just focus on this concept, the concept of the indirect tax zone. You're listening to Australia's Tax News Podcast. Tax Talks, the podcast for Australian tax professionals. Welcome to episode 137 of Text Talks. This is Heide Robson and thank you to Klaas for sponsoring this episode. Simon Dorovich of ANA Tax Legal in Melbourne does a lot of international tax work and so is perfect to ask for more details about the indirect tax zone. I started by asking Simon where this very strange sounding term, indirect tax zone, actually came from. The legislation used to refer to a supply having to be connected with Australia, and then they changed that 1st of July 2015. So from the 1st of July 2015, Australia has been replaced with the indirect tax zone. And basically, you go to the definition or the meaning of Australia in the Income Tax Assessment Act, which talks about the mainland and states and territories and Tasmania, of course. Yeah, they count. You know, the definition says, oh, it includes these external territories in Norfolk Island, Christmas Island, Cocos and Keeling Islands. And it also talks about how it includes an offshore area for the purposes of the Offshore Petroleum and Greenhouse Gas Storage Act. So I'm guessing like that's like oil rigs and gas rigs and things like that, and also the Joint Petroleum Development Area within the meaning of the Petroleum Timor Sea Treaty Act. All of those sorts of extra areas, part of Australia for the income tax definition, but for GST, they get excluded. If you have a supply that you're making from the Ashmore or Cartier Islands, then that's not going to be connected with Australia or connected with the indirect tax zone. If you're based on Norfolk Island, for example, and you deliver to Australia, then it would be an import. Yes. But Norfolk Island is GST-free. Looking at goods, when is a supply connected with the indirect tax zone? It's either a supply wholly within the indirect tax zone or a supply of goods wholly within the indirect tax zone, a supply of goods from the indirect tax zone or a supply of goods to the indirect tax zone. If there's a supply wholly within one of these external territories, it wouldn't be connected with Australia. There is one exception, or possibly more, but one comes to mind, that There's some special reverse charge rules in subdivision 84A, and that deals with the situation where even though the supply isn't connected with Australia, it is still a taxable supply. And in that case, not the supplier that pays the GST, but rather the recipient. But that's just one exception. But generally speaking, if your supply isn't connected with the indirect tax zone, then you're not making a taxable supply. I have in my mind that all ports or most ports have 
something that's called like a free zone or something similar. And so the goods placed into those zones are considered to still be outside of Australia. So once you place it coming from Australia into this zone, it already counts as being exported or once it comes from overseas into this zone, it hasn't entered Australia yet. Is that right? It's relevant in terms of have the goods been exported within 60 days, which is typically one of the requirements for it to be in a GST-free export of goods. Broadly, the answer to your question is, is yes. yes. And so the freight forwarder probably has some zones in the port where they then collect all those goods and then put them on the ship when the ship arrives. Relevant GST ruling says that the time at which the goods are exported is when the ship or the aircraft clears the territorial limits of Australia. But there might be some delay, bad weather or a big storm, exactly, perhaps. And even though the Commissioner has powers to extend the 60-day limit, and they're discussed in PSLA 2006-16, it's not really ideal that every time something like that happens, you have to apply for this 60-day period to be extended. They take a pretty common sense approach, I think, and says that if the supplier has contracted for the carriage of goods from Australia and hands over possession of the goods to an international transfer, transport provider before or within the 60-day period, then the commissioner will accept that the 60-day timing period has been met and if there's been any delay beyond that 60-day period's power to extend is automatically granted. So it's not always necessary that goods physically leave the indirect tax zone. It's also possible that the goods are actually still physically in the indirect tax zone, but they already count as being out of the indirect tax zone. Yeah, provided you've handed over the goods to the relevant people and you've engaged them to take them outside of the indirect tax zone, the territorial limits of Australia, then that's sufficient. And and if you hand them over on day 59, and but they actually go out of Australia on day 61, then there's no need to apply to the commissioner or make a request that he allow extra time. It's just considered that it's automatically granted. Oh, one thing I didn't add before is that, and I think you mentioned it in one of your questions, was that when we're talking about whether or not a supply is connected with the indirect tax zone, is that you can have a, you're right in saying that a supply can be partially connected. In the context of supply that's only goods, it's a bit difficult to see either it is or it isn't taken outside of Australia, or it's a bit hard to see how something could be partially connected, but you can, of course, have a supply that is made up of partly goods and partly perhaps something in services or intangibles. And in that case, it could be partly connected and partly not connected. What you do there is you basically split it into two separate supplies. But there's a special rule where if one of those two supplies can be regarded as incidental to the other, and its value is under $50,000, then you don't need to split it into two different supplies. You can just treat that incidental part as part of the same supply as the principal supply.
for goods to be connected with the indirect tax zone, jumping back to the very start when we said we don't even need to worry about whether something is an export, we first need to see whether it's actually an indirect tax zone. Yeah, it has to be connected. Does it yeah. mean that the goods physically have been or are in Australia, or can it also be that just the rights to these goods is in Australia? Is an export always a physical supply of goods or can it also be just the right? Although then we don't have goods anymore, isn't it? If it's the right to goods, then we're talking about intangibles that are covered by a different rule, correct? Yeah, that's right. So if we were talking about the rights, then we would... We're talking about the third topic that is anything else. The first one was goods, the second one was real property, and then the third one is anything else. So the rights to goods would be covered by the anything else rules. So that means to apply the goods rules, the goods must actually physically be in Australia at some stage. That's right. So they need to be physically delivered or made available within the indirect tax zone or they need to be physically removed from the indirect tax zone. But if you're talking about a supply of rights over goods, then there are different rules that apply. With the exception of some reverse charge rules in subdivision 84A, a supply will only be a taxable supply if it's connected with the indirect tax zone. So before we consider whether or not a supply is excluded, for, for example, because it's GST-free as an export, it's first important to establish that it is connected with the indirect tax zone. So that's something that will come up repeatedly in the next few episodes as we talk about exports of goods and services. tax zone is actually not just relevant for GST, but also for the wine equalization tax and the luxury car tax. So if you want to buy a luxury car or drink a lot of wine, you should go to an island outside of the indirect tax zone and there you won't pay any GST or luxury car tax on your expensive fancy car and you won't pay any wine equalization tax indirectly through the wine you drink. But there's one other thought, and that is, this was Tax Talk's very first episode about GST ever. We have done 136 episodes so far, and apart from one GST question in our first Q&A session, apart from that, we have never done an episode about a GST topic. So this very embarrassing circumstance has finally come to an end, and we have started talking about GST. In the next episode, episode 138, Simon Dorovich will talk about the GST around the export of goods. Until then, thank you for listening and thank you to Class for their support. Bye for now and see you in the next episode. <laughs>